It's time for the Power Hour of Love, starring Charbol and El Bandito. Welcome to the Fiesta. Hey everybody, welcome to the Power Hour of Love starring Charbol and El Bandito. Only on Podunk Radio. Hey El Bandito, how you doing tonight? Ooh, I'm having a super good night. How about you, senor? Oh man, I'm having a great week, but I gotta tell you a little bit about this awesome weekend that I had. Oh man, like I went out to that St. Petersburg show and I saw the insane clown posse. Ooh, you made it all the way out there to see that uh, that, that crazy insane clown posse show? You know it, man. You know, I had to go party out with that gang that they say they got of the juggalos <laughs> that are out there. And let me just take a quick moment to say... That I went out there and I hung out with those guys all night and everybody was super cool. I mean, you know, these cats are just like out there. They're listening to their tunes. You know, they're, they're having fun. You know, they come out sometimes dressed like the Insane Clown Posse, you know. So I could see how that's a little intimidating. But you know what also is intimidating? Like, you know, if you go to a Kiss show and you see someone like decked out in Gene Simmons makeup and stuff like that, you know, <laughs> blowing fire and spitting blood, you know, it's all part of entertainment. You know, it's like everyone's here to, like, have a good time, you know. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I got splashed with a lot of diet root beer. So, you know, that, that was cool, you know. Is that, that a was, flavor of Fago? Why do they have diet root beer? Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's the, the Fago soft drink from Michigan. That's like one of their, your, yeah. their big Yeah, well, I know staples. they have all different flavors, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. for, I looked that up because I was very interested on why they were using diet. I guess it's less sticky. Oh, than a okay. regular soda. So that they, makes sense. I'm I guess pretty the, sure most of those juggalo people are covered in all sorts of sticky <laughs> stuff already. So we don't need to compound the issue. But I gotta say, like, yeah, it was it was pretty wild, and I was kind of glad it was diet because you know I'm kind of trying to watch some of the, the weight and stuff. <laughs> what like were you that. drinking a lot of it, or no, just licking juggalos? No, up? <laughs> no, trust me, I did want to catch one and, and have a swig because you know I do. You know, sometimes when I take trips up to Michigan, I want to drink a fago. You know, but no, I didn't get one. Yeah, because you know other people were catching them, drinking, and then throwing. And yeah, that was, you know, as, as nice of people as they were, like, yeah, I don't know, drinking out of their bottles wasn't, uh, I, I wasn't that, you know, I mean, I know they, they kept calling me family and stuff like that, but yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> I wasn't that comfortable with it. But I have to say, like I said, a, a bottle hit my leg. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just looked down, you know, even though it's just normal because trust me, through the re- this was earlier in the night before Insane Clown Posse came on. And a girl ran up to me and said, Hey, I'm sorry I hit you with that. And she's totally dressed up like a juggalette and stuff like that. <laughs> but I was so surprised at that. Was like, it, trust was, me. Was she really hot? She was, well, she was wearing makeup. So, you know, it's kind of hard. That, you know, that's yeah, kind of hot, though. It was. Yeah. She was dressed very provocatively. Then you, you and get so. to have that stranger sexy time. You, know, <laughs> you don't really know who it is. That, that's always kind of fun. <laughs> but I got to say, like, you know, yeah, I was just very surprised. Because let me tell you what, I've been to like plenty of Slayer shows that people have hit me with a lot worse than just an <laughs> empty bottle. And, and I'm sure, oh, yeah, I'm sure yeah. they don't say they're sorry. I'm sure they're like, watch where we're throwing our trash punk <laughs> pretty much but yeah it was a great time 
you know, like I said, um, I definitely do not, you know, label them as a gang. You know, I think that's very silly, and I hope they're very successful with their upcoming, their Juggalo March to Washington in September. Absolutely. Well, yeah, it sounds like it had a lot of fun. I know you were showing me some pictures and stuff earlier this week, so it sounded like it was a really good time. And next time I'm going to have to try to make it out to one of those big events like that, man. That looks like fun. And I'm so sorry I missed the wrestling out there. Oh, yeah, that was pretty wild, too, man. I know we've been talking about wrestling a lot on the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, before the event, like the first two hours was nothing but wrestling matches and this like ring that they, but I mean, it was a legit ring, you know, I had a mm-hmm. ramp that came down from the stage, you know, and they had these two dudes from psychopathic records, like talking and like doing the commentating and they were just, they were funny as hell. I mean, it was totally <laughs> obscene and just, but it was, it was great. Y- man. Y- you know, what's funny though. You mentioned us talking about wrestling you know, lately a lot on the power hour. And yeah, like I have to say in regards to us talking about wrestling, we, we kind of jinxed it, didn't we? Oh man, you know, man, I, I, we had just recently mentioned, you know, some of the folks who had passed away in wrestling and this past week has not been very good for uh, the wrestlers and wrestling fans. Oh, absolutely. It looks like we have had a hat trick of amazing superstars that have actually passed away in recent weeks. Absolutely, man. First on the list was the classic turnbuckle monching uh, George the Animal Steel. You know, he's mm-hmm. famously known for like taking on like, you know, Randy Savage and stuff during the 80s. Absolutely. Also, we've got uh, the ECW alumni, Nicole Bass. You know, she was a big uh, bodybuilder in the 90s, and she was also known a lot for going on, like, the Howard Stern show and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm not, yeah. I, didn't, I haven't really tuned in lately, but... Um, yeah, any, anytime you see those super fit women's, man, you, you don't want to see them leave this earth, you know? Oh, like, you know We it, could always man. use more of them. I mean, I know she always kind of had, like, a, you know, just because she was so big, similar to, like, China Joni Lawler, who we mm-hmm. lost last year. You know, she kind of had, like, more of, like, a manly, uh, you know, sounding voice and stuff. But, I mean, hey, you That's know... That's okay, as long as she had all the right lady parts okay. <laughs> as far as from what we could see she you know she did she was also known for um having guys pay her to like wrestle her like nice. in their hotel rooms and stuff so <laughs> i guess she was kind of a escort on the side too but either way like we're mostly talking about her due to her uh involvement in wrestling mm-hmm. and then to kind of finish out the list which really sucks also uh ivan koloff who is uh who was originally he's actually canadian Oh, but I he was always uh, pitched as the, uh, you know, the Russian bear and stuff yeah. like that. You know, they play a lot of the, the characters and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, unfortunately, he also passed away this past week. So, yeah, it's been a, been a rough week for the wrestling fans. Yeah, so definitely just we're doing a nice little send-off for the three of them. You know, thank you for all the entertainment you gave us throughout all the years. And, you know, we'll never forget you guys. So thank you. Maybe we can give them a couple bell salute. Absolutely. kind of had to you know bring the show down a little bit there but now we're gonna blast it back up into some awesomeness because el bandito we got a special guest here in the studio with us tonight we absolutely do now we had gotten a lot of messages and reports from all you beautiful people out there in regards to one particular topic right yes the dc universe absolutely now i felt terrible reading all these messages and hearing all these comments from people telling us that like 
I wasn't giving love to the DC universe, <laughs> you know, and it kind of blew me away. I felt bad, but I wanted to let everyone out there know that like I am a super huge fan of the DC universe as much as the Marvel universe, and I know I go on and on about the Marvel universe sometimes and all the different things about it, but mostly it's because I don't really keep up to date with what's on TV and I'm always trying to avoid spoilers <laughs> and things like that. So I feel really bad for giving the impression that I'm not sitting underneath a giant poster of Superwoman in the studio right now because I totally am. You know? <laughs> so, but to show our love for the DC universe tonight, we are going to not only dedicate our entire episode into honoring the DC universe, but we've brought in our very own DC comics expert, DC Eric. What is up, gentlemen? Thank you for having me, man. It's my first podcast, so take it easy on me. Pop my chair just a little slower, and you know, ease it in, and it will be good, man. But I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Oh, don't worry. We are always nice and gentle on the Power Hour. <laughs> you know it, man. Well, hey, welcome, uh, DC Eric. We're so glad we could have you here. And yeah, man, we're definitely looking forward to getting into, uh, into the DC Universe slash Multiverse. Excellent. Me too, man. You know, we, they got Rebirth right now, which is really killing it um, in, the, in the comic book world. <clears throat> a lot of issues flying off the shelves. I think the last eight months they've been uh, outselling Marvel almost two to one, uh, especially yeah. in the, the top end, top five or six titles on that list. So, well, it's funny that you mentioned that, Eric, because uh, I just recently heard that Marvel is also going to be doing. I don't want to say a rebirth-like event, but... <laughs> They're going to rip it off. It's fine. You can say it. Like, I know you're tiptoeing around. You don't want to hurt my feelings. But no, like traditionally, if you look through the history of the DC and Marvel Universe, for one, they're always collaborative. You know, like They, they have always been friends, the higher-up guys. They've, sure. you know, it's kind of more like a friendly rivalry than anything else. If you actually search the patents, they co-own the word superhero. Yes. You know? yeah, and things like that. It's not one or the other. Like yep. it's, it's, so th there's a lot of love between the two. But historically, you know, Marvel does often copy like <laughs> huge story arcs from the DCU, you know, and yeah. yeah, they may have a couple ones that are different here and there, of course, you know, in their own original stuff. But a lot of times it does seem like they're following in the footsteps of the DC universe. But, you know, going back to square one, I mean, you're talking the beginnings of the DC universe being in what the the uh, early 40s, 1939, things yes, like this, you know, so yes. they're, they're predating the Marvel universe by almost 20 years there. Absolutely, man. But like we said, Rebirth has been doing really good. You know, that's very exciting for comic book fans, just that mm -hmm. more people are getting out there and buying it. You know, we're definitely going to dive deeper into like the new, you know, well, let's call it pre-52 New 52 and then the Rebirth era as far sure. as DC goes in our in our next segment. But just to kind of throw out just a few other uh, news pieces here, uh, very exciting that we just recently heard that Better Call Saul, the big popular show on AMC, is returning mm -hmm. on April 10th. What do you think about that, DC Eric? Uh, I think it's great, man. Uh, uh, the showrunners did such a great job at, at writing the show and coming off from... from uh, Breaking Bad to Better Call yes. Saul. It's a tra it's a seamless transition, and what I like about it is it retains some of the the original things that we like so much about Better mm -hmm. Call. Uh, sorry, Breaking Bad and and incorporating to Better Call Saul. Yeah, but yet they're two different shows. They got they got such a different feel between the two, but yet there's that era of familiarity about them. Yes, you know? absolutely, man. You know, it's like because yeah, you know, of course, this show focuses more on like a lawyer's aspect of what's mm -hmm. going on. Of course, like. The dirty lawyer, which was really cool in the first season, that like you kind of saw him evolve into what he'll eventually become. You know, yes. uh, you know, actually Saul Goodman. You know, mm -hmm. so it's kind of cool to see that pregenitor kind of version of the character, and and just as this kind of plays out, we're going to see more and more. Absolutely, and I know, like for me and a lot of fans out there, 
uh, Saul was like one of their favorite characters oh, on the he show. Was awesome. I mean, yeah. it'd be hard to pick between Walter, Jesse, and Saul who your favorite character really was. But I know there wasn't a time when Saul showed up that I wasn't like giddy like a schoolgirl, you know. And, and let's be honest, of course, like you know, hey, if, if folks haven't finished Breaking Bad yet, hey, go on. It's on Netflix. Check it out. Yeah, we what know, are you doing? When you know? when Mike <laughs> when Mike bit the dust in Breaking Bad, I know I was like, oh no way, man. I really liked his character mm-hmm. and how he would kind of pretty much treat Walter like, dude, you can't touch me. Yeah, you know. Of course, Walter eventually got got him but you know mm-hmm. it's just the fact that you know i'm glad that 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 he's also back in, in sure. the show you know it's really cool to see um see some of the familiar faces yeah and I, I have to say speaking of familiar faces the one avenue that's just hitting up now with the marketing for the third season that's starting up here like you said on april 10th yeah. is the pollo sorbanos oh, ads yeah. that they're showing so it looks like we're gonna get a little bit of gus interaction here in uh, the yeah, third gus, season yeah, gus signed on to uh for this season so yeah the, i saw the pollo sorbanos the little fake commercial oh it was so dude. good <laughs> it was so good absolutely well hey to kind of reel us into our first uh, musical break we had a we have a Breaking Bad inspired track right here by Metronome Breaking Bad Remix.
Say my name. You're goddamn right. And that was Metronome with his remix of Breaking Bad. And it seems like tonight he was the one who knocks, huh? Oh, you know it, man. Yeah, that, that was a great track, man. It just like it brings back those memories of like binge watching like some of those first couple seasons mm-hmm. of, of, of Breaking Bad. I wasn't someone that watched from the very beginning. So it's like I kind of caught up. Like I think it was, it was probably just going into season four. So I was constantly hearing that like guitar, you know, dun, yeah. dun, dun, you know, so it was. Oh, it's a great little riff, man. It gets you right. Like, you know what it is immediately. And yes, if you guys are just joining us right now, let's also welcome again our special guest for the evening, DC Eric. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I was digging it, too, man. A guitar, like you said, it's an instantaneous rec- recognizing of that, that uh, show. Oh, yeah. you know it, And man. it really gives it that southwestern feel because it takes place, obviously, in New Mexico, as you know. And that, with a slide, man, the slide oh, really gets you. Yeah. You know, it's really great. <laughs> you know, and yeah, Metro what? Genome can be found on YouTube. You know, and we have, uh, uh, he has a lot of other covers and remixes they've done. But you guys, we're going to post it up online, but you guys have to check out the video that goes with that track. Watching it, I was like, I wonder if he's monitoring what he's doing, you know, (laughs) because he's got the levels perfect for the left and right ears we're listening in the studio. And the fact that this guy is actually performing, you know, I mean, I I know it gets, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, electric dance music gets a, a bad rap that these guys are just up there just pushing buttons, but like... This guy's actually performing it. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's not yeah. a pre-recorded track. I mean, like we said, we'll post up the video, but you can see how he's pushing the buttons in sequence because each note is like timed, you know, and and or, or each note is like recorded individually, and then he's pushing them on time to create the song live. And he even bounces from ear to ear, left to right, you know, just with with uh, the turn of a knob. So that's that's what I'm saying. Like, boy, if he's not even monitoring that and he's just doing it live, like oh, just yeah. listening to it in stereo or something in the room he's in, I'm like, that's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, dubstep is the uh, there you go. The, the yeah. name dubstep, that yeah. I was uh, I was digging for there now, for a little while. <laughs> okay, now look, you know, dubstep made this huge kind of appearance in the Borderlands Two game. Oh, really? You know? Okay, okay. So I don't think there's any better way to segue into our favorite segment. Oh, this is definitely our favorite segment, DC Eric. It's time for Video Game Zone. All right, so what have we got new in the Video Game Zone today? Oh, well, we got some uh, big uh, releases coming out, particularly with the uh, upcoming uh, Nintendo Switch that releases on March 3rd. 
and some launch titles that are coming out with it are The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild Mm -hmm. and a new Bomberman game. Oh, okay. Now, you see, it's funny. They mentioned The Legend of Zelda game, and I know a lot of people are talking about that, what is it, Horizon Zero Dawn? Yes, yeah. And they're saying it's kind of comparable so a lot of people are like, man, Horizon Zero Dawn couldn't have planned that more perfectly to release just a few weeks before not only Zelda, but the Switch. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you spent your money on Zero Dawn, you probably didn't have enough to buy the Switch and Zelda now. So. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Are you, are you much of a gamer, uh, DC? Uh, I am a little bit, man. I am. Uh, you know, I have uh, kids, you know, in a full-time job. You know, being a teacher, man, wipes you out. But uh, I, I like to, uh, yeah, I like to unwind with some video games nowadays. Uh, actually, I'm playing right now, man. Big surprise, I know, but I'm playing... Um, Batman, the Telltale games, man. I'm nice. playing that. Yeah. I have that in my queue. Me I definitely too. have to. It, you know that. what? It's not a. Can I give you a little preview? I don't want to spoil it. Uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's really not bad, man. I, I really like it. It reminds me because I'm, I'm old, man. So it reminds me of those choose your own adventure games, really. It's oh, really, yeah. that's the basic you know, okay. uh, premise of the whole thing. And you click a button, and the way Bruce or Batman or whoever responds is the way it kind of drives the game. Oh, sure, that's sure. pretty cool. And yeah. the cool thing about it at the end of each chapter, because it's five chapters. I'm on number four now. At the mm-hmm. end of each chapter, they actually give you a breakdown of how many players around the world that played that game chose the same yeah. path you did. Wow. 86% yeah. said that, you know, I don't know, they, they punched Two-Face in the face or whatever. <laughs> you know? or just for example. It's really cool to yeah. see yeah. how your choices align well, with with uh, everybody else, you know? Cool. I, I like that analytical kind of viewpoint on it that you can mm-hmm. kind of see what everybody else did, too. Well, I, I definitely am looking forward to to, to loading that one up and playing yeah. the Batman Telltale. Well, let, let me ask you, DC Eric, have you dabbled into the Injustice games at all? I, I totally have, man. I dug the first <laughs> one. I played the, the heck out of that, man. A really, really, uh, just a great game. The story mode. My buddies and I would come over and battle just with, the, you know, just the battle mode. Mm-hmm. I, I really dug it, man. I'm really looking forward to the Injustice too. Is that coming out? I mean, Yeah, it's, it's coming out pretty soon. It's on the horizon. And I know in regards to the first game, when it came out, I, I really, I wasn't going to jump right into it because I'm not great at fighting games. You know, I'll admit that. I've, Never been good at Street Fighters or Mortal Kombat <laughs> or anything like that. I've so always was, kicked his ass. I, I used to, yeah, you do, you bastard. But I used to have the DC Universe versus Mortal Kombat game, and not for nothing, that game was pretty terrible. I, I didn't really care for it. Everything was super hard to do anything, so it like kind of turned me off from Injustice. But then my nephew was playing it. He came up here one day and was like, oh, yeah, come on, play it with me. I was like, okay, fine. I relu- reluctantly, I went ahead and tried it. Man, I loved it. The Gods Among Us game is so good. The fighting in that is very streamlined. It's very simple. And all of the characters have such flair to the personality of the character that if you really know your comics, if you really know the characters, it's so cool to see how much detail they put into it. Oh, that's they, awesome. They really did. It gives you a, a, like a different look, almost like an Earth 2 and Earth 3 version of it, yes. where you know it's the character, but they do things a little differently, like Superman rips the Joker's heart out through his chest. <laughs> oh, I mean, man. Oh, that sounds pretty yeah. awesome. I love how the Flash runs around the whole world and punches you on the other side. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, that's... Yeah, this, the, the, this sounds pretty yeah, they're killer. Fi- they're, they're, once the meter run, uh, uh, gets full, they have the finishing move. Mm-hmm. Like, gotcha, gotcha. Like, like he said, and... and uh, the flashes run around the world. I think Superman uh, punches him out of the earth and then punches him back down. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, he punches him out into orbit and then knocks him back down. I wow. love that Batman. Doesn't he call the Batmobile and the Batmobile runs on over his, <laughs> on his wrist gauntlet? He calls it like that, you know. And a Batman comes. He jumps out of the way and it runs over the guy. That's pretty awesome. Well, what's coming with uh, Injustice Two? I heard some new announcements. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did bring it up for a reason because what they're doing is they've announced uh, a couple of new characters, and that's what they're doing leading up to the premiere of the game. Oh. Oh, just cool. keep dropping these characters, and they released a female character kind of teaser. Oh, who's coming? They've uh, they've mentioned that they have four girls in the in the new game here that they've announced so far. They're gonna have Poison Ivy. Okay, nice. that's awesome. Yeah, they're gonna be having a 
the Black Canary. Ooh. Oh, wow. So yeah, it, 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 you have to figure the popularity of, of the shows on TV is helping that. You know, she better have fishnets on. That's all. <laughs> yeah, she does. It totally like you can find the clips online. She totally looks straight out of the comic. Awesome. She's got the blonde hair, the leather jacket, the fishnets, and it does the rings around her mouth for the sonic scream, which I thought oh, was really cool. cool. Awesome. Cool. Um, then they have they actually have uh, Cheetah, you know, oh. the popular Wonder Woman villain. The villain. Okay, okay yeah. Yeah. yeah, you gotta have some bad girls. Yeah, yeah. Too, so right? I I thought that was pretty wild. Like. I know she makes an appearance in a lot of like DC Universe online games and stuff like that. But I, I she's always kind of a B villain to me. I don't sure. know. But hey, yeah. let's let's see what she's got. You know, let's get her on the front line, and she's hardly wearing anything. So <laughs> that's always a plus, right? For the <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's why people used to always play as Chung Lee in Street Fighter. Absolutely, <laughs> they, they, they know where game what gamers <laughs> want to see. But the uh, the fan favorite, of course, is making the return, and they're gonna. Well, I don't know if it's a fan favorite really, but Catwoman. Oh, you know she's my, one of my. I favorite. said that. Oh, I saw your eye balls go huge and i'm like oh, oh man you know i'm saying fan favorite and people are like is harley quinn still gonna be there and i know after the suicide squad movie you know she really took off so but Absolutely. fan favorite in the studio today we would say was catwoman oh. and yeah she looks very similar to the arkham game outfit gotcha. you know i would like say just from a taking a glance at it i you know probably my my second favorite comic rendition of her was like in the 90s when she wore that all purple suit yes i don't know there was just always something about yeah. that like it seemed that like was the one where she, her hair was yes. loose you know? yeah yeah it yeah just, that was good it just made me think of something that like you know because it almost looked like gym attire mm -hmm. like there wasn't really like a lot of like armor or anything it was just yeah. like skin tight it was like you could see someone actually wearing that of course this yeah. newer more stealth base suit mm -hmm. and besides like the zip down the front you know that's the uh, <laughs> but hey that that helps when she's fighting dude just zip that down a little bit distraction <laughs> she doesn't need to zip it down for distraction Th that's true that's true they are pretty yeah. uh yeah <laughs> voluptuous but uh yeah, yeah of course she has a whip so it's just like <laughs> yeah you know it's good. like there's no distraction she shows up on the scene and you're like all right stuff's going down <laughs> yeah. then you get your ass kicked and you're like man did i just have sex what happened <laughs> i don't i don't know i need well, a cigarette <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, definitely. Injustice Two sounds pretty killer. We'll definitely be talking about the release date when that gets a little uh, uh, sooner. Maybe we'll be able to play a couple demos on the air. Maybe we could have uh, DC Eric come back in and oh, we can definitely, man. challenge oh, him. I'd love uh, to do that. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that. Is is last weekend? Uh, last Saturday, I was on my phone, not kind of bored or whatever. I decided to switch on Twitch. You know, the the popular sure, gaming yeah, site. Sure, you know, sure. And then there's some dudes. I guess got betas of it, and they're they're playing it. And oh. uh, there's only three characters. There was Supergirl, and then there was uh, Batman, and then Atrocitus, the Red Lantern. Man, he nice. was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah I dude. saw that. Yeah. I saw that. Very cool. Well, we're definitely have to try to set that up when it gets a little closer to the Absolutely. Time. Well, that looks like that ought to about wrap up the video game zone for today. But let's go ahead and jump into a quick break, and then we'll come back with an exciting look at the DC universe. You know, a couple of you may remember that a few weeks ago we went down to the Back Alley Art Festival and we met Jordan, the owner and creator of the Beard Balm Brush. And he was kind enough to show us and give us free samples of the Beard Balm Brush and we got to check it out for ourselves and see how amazing and wonderful this product was. And it really was super cool and exciting. It was Beard Balm that was made into the shape of a brush so that you can just take it and brush it right into your beard or brush it right into your hair if you wanted to. And it was homemade with all natural ingredients and things like this. And you don't have to sit there and comb through it with a regular comb and then get a comb all gunky and be cleaning combs all day. No, you just use the brush that's made of beard balm to run through your beard and everything and then you're good to go. So it's a pretty amazing product. It comes in different scents and flavors. They have like a rosemary and they have like a mint one and all sorts of different really cool things. And Jordan was nice enough to give the Power Hour listeners a discounted price. So that's right. There's a special promo on his Indiegogo page 
where you can search for Beard Balm Brush and find the Power Hour discount. That'll get you your very own Beard Balm Brush at an amazing price, which I think is only like $10 or $12 or something, which is awesome because this is a nice big brush that will last you a good long time, and it's an amazing product. So support your local businesses and look Jordan up and look up the Beard Balm Brush on Indiegogo. Just if anybody's tuning in just now, we've got DC Eric in the studio with us. He's our DC Comics correspondent, local uh, legend. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on right now in, with the rebirth and stuff like what you know what's going on with Batman and Superman and all those favorites. Well, it's awesome, man. Rebirth, like I said in the earlier segment, man, they've really done a good job. I think combining. Mm the old fun DC with the new modern DC. It's not a total reboot per se, but it's also not the way it was before either. And it's like amalgam of the two. It really, Jeff Johns has done a really great job with, and he wrote the Rebirth yeah. special number one, done a really great job as head of DC, in my opinion, oh, um, bring, bringing, this, bringing this together, you know? Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Johns is amazing. I mean, so much of his work is fantastic. And I have to say, like, the last time I really was into a, a major storyline, was going through the whole Green Lantern, Blackest Night, and everything like that, which was just shortly before they did the New 52, right. and then they revamped with the New 52 and made a whole bunch of different people Green Lanterns and stuff like that, and they, you know, they were kind of retconning the history that you just spent all this time building up and reading. So it was kind of frustrating, you know, because when the first 52 came out, and you got a comic every week, yeah. you know, I got every issue the whole year, and followed it. I just loved it. I thought it was fantastic. What a great idea, but such a great story. And they had built so many characters and so many new avenues and killed off so many people that you really thought this was going to be the new DC universe. And then they just turned the whole thing on its head, if, you know, like a year later. And I was blown away. I mean, how did you feel about all that? Uh, I agree, man. I, I, I love DC and I mean, I'll ride with just about anything they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'll call it like it is too, uh, you know, as well. But, um, I think New 52 kind of went too far in reorganizing the whole universe. I yeah. think you have to keep something sacred, man. You really do with especially sure. your big trinity, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Yeah. You have to keep some things you well, know, entrenched like they, they used to be and just add new around it. You mm-hmm. know? Like we mentioned earlier, I mean, we have some of these, you know, characters and stories that go as far back up to like you know, the 1940s. Now I know there's been like, sure. you know, crises and stuff yeah, like but that. But the numerical yeah. count had been the same. I mean, Superman was getting close to what, over a thousand issues? Oh, yeah. It was in the nine yeah, or eight or nine hundreds or something. Yeah. It was high, and then they just yeah. changed it back to zero for they New did. 52, yeah. give them a pair of boots, and they're like, there you go, love it. And it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> but definitely so far, you know, according to sales and stuff, it seems like everyone's responding really well to this rebirth. But yeah, in regards to that rebirth, so what you're saying is they're they're kind of taking it back to where we left off before New 52, but still incorporating some elements of that's, New 52? That's exactly right, yeah. Okay. Keeping keep the, the, the old DC, what we love, and just sprinkling some new elements around it. One thing that's really cool is I don't know if you guys are big fans of the Watchmen, man. They're kind of kind yes. of incorporating the Watchmen into the DC wow. universe as well. Oh, that's so. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's that that's a that's a pretty exciting tidbit right there. I'll have to Absolutely. keep an eye on that. But if if I could, DC Eric, since you're an expert, you you seem to have uh, excellent knowledge of the DC universe here. I want to throw a couple questions at okay. you, and I want to get your opinions on a few things. I want to kind of contrast them with mine. Okay. Now, what was the the worst thing about the New Fifty Two when it came out? Oh, the worst thing. Um, probably retconning some of the, the uh, characters. There was a, a female ventriloquist. Arnold Wesker yeah. wasn't the ventriloquist, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, 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 what was the one change that you were like, that, oh, I, I hate that, so stupid? <laughs> the one change. Oh, gosh. I don't know. Uh, probably 
probably just some of the some of like the the origins and whatnot. I, I can't put my finger on it, but just like an okay. overall feel of the way they kind of change things. You know? Sure, I, I can tell you, mine's was the the new Fifty Two Jokers, the staple face one. Yes, that yes. they're kind of yeah, doing you cut off his face now, and right? then re, re, you resewed it back on. Okay. Yeah. okay. Now with Rebirth, they kind of retcon that they don't really mention anymore. Okay. Now there's, but apparently there's like three Jokers, and oh, they're going to really? tell us more about that. Like a, maybe a. <laughs> Like a classic looking one, like 70s one, 80s one, and like a modern kind of a one. Oh, that's kind of wild. And, and Jeff Johns what? has promised they're going to kind of tie that in and kind of kind of tell the story of the hmm. three Jokers at, uh, oh, well, at an upcoming Okay, point. well, that's pretty cool. One thing I, I know I really disliked about the new 52 was like how all the Robins existed, but like Batman's only really been like in existence for like four or five years so it's yeah. like he's kind of gained like a new robin like every year and damien's still there and yeah the, yeah. the time the time crunch was weird man on that yeah, yeah you're yeah. trying to do the math i mean not that it's comic book world i know that's mm -hmm. fantasy anyway but sure. doing some of the math it's like it's not gonna work you know? well I, I hate to say but i think that's kind of a lot of what the problem is now with the dc cinematic universe that they're trying to put together is they're doing again this big time crunch to kind of smash everyone together where it, it seems like, you know, the new Ben Affleck Batman from Dawn of Justice seems like he's at the end of his run as Batman. You know, he seems very old. Right. They, they kind of have the Robin suit that looks a la Jason Todd, like maybe in his, that cinematic universe, that's already transpired. Sure. Yep, Superman's only been around for a year or two. Yeah, so it, yeah, it doesn't really jive with what we know in the comics. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny, the other day... Um, I was visiting my mom and dad up in Titusville uh, Saturday, and my dad had it on the TiVo. And he, I got to thank dad for getting me the whole comic book. He's the OG of the like, comic book world. You know, oh, there you go. There Fantastic you go. Four number one and all that, you know, old cap and whatnot. All right. He's awesome. like, I had this on the TiVo. You want to watch it? I'm like, oh, dad, you know, being a DC guy, I'm talking <laughs> into it. He goes, I heard this was bad. I'm like, shut your mouth. No, it's not. There's nothing wrong with it. Let's watch it. Let, let me explain, you know. But uh, we started watching it. Even he picked up on that, the, the age thing. She, he yeah. goes, who's that? And I go, that's Lex. And he says, uh, well, Lex isn't supposed to be that young. He's supposed to be older. Sure. And sure. he's got a point, man. Yeah. I, I, yeah the age is. I, I, with the Lex Luthor thing, I, I kind of get the idea of being like, yeah, let's make him sort of this, you know, billionaire software designer kind of maybe rehashing him for the new age kind of deal sure um, much like how they made him that older businessman you know kind of in the in the 80s and everything sure. you know yeah. coming off of the, the movies yeah yeah, yeah. You know, because he went from being like a scientist to like a cutthroat tycoon to being like the president and now he's like <laughs> a kid again but I think the casting choice was very bad and I think a lot of the just the the writing choices to give him such like an almost OCD like personality along with everything else, just seemed way out of place from just what we've seen. And a departure is great. I mean, if you look at Heath Ledger's interpretation of the Joker, that's traditionally a departure sure, from what we've sure. seen. You look at Jared Leto's, that's like kind of bad departure. <laughs> <laughs> so there's hits and misses when it comes to right. how far you want to get from the main character. And what are your thoughts on specifically the Joker? You mentioned three types of Joker. Now in cinema, we've seen, what, four or five now. So what are what are your official rankings uh dc eric of, of jokers in the cinematic universe i got it oh that's a great question man i'm, I'm digging <laughs> this um I, i'm probably gonna go heath number one i don't know if you okay. could ever touch heath again i yeah, never yeah. say never i know in in, <laughs> in comic books but and there might be a great actor coming down the line 20 years from now playing a better one but right now heath's my guy i just his blend of madness and and you know be, just being a psychopath was just perfect for me and definitely like a king of anarchy i mean he was like an anarchist yeah. and, and like, that's, yeah. that's one of the things that i didn't like about uh uh, Suicide Squad is uh, I kind of like Leto Joker a little bit, but he was like surrounded by all the. And I know he has henchmen and stuff like that, but he's like a mob boss. Yeah, he, yeah. He's like he's, to me, he's yeah. usually like anarchy. Whatever I wake up, that's what I'm gonna do, and fuck everybody else, yeah, and yeah. you know this that. Yeah. 
you know, it, he doesn't seem like he's has set goals towards make you know make a big. And he was said the writer said it was based on Scarface. To me, it doesn't seem like a big mm-hmm. empire guy, like build this drug empire, build this empire. Yeah. He's like, whatever I wake up, that's what I'm gonna do, and whatever I can, you know, pop it my crazy head, that's what I'm gonna do. It, it, so it kind of seemed like his character would would have been so easy to change a few details and to have made him Two Face. And it would have worked a little better. I could see that as kind of the mob boss who's a little bit messed up in the head. Right. Sure, that's a good. That's I. I had never even thought about that. I, he did have a very yeah. two faced. There are definitely appeal. some things I tweak about about that. Like I said, it sure. wasn't totally bad, um, um, no. Leto. But uh, there's some things to tweak. He'd be perfect, man. Mm-hmm. You know. But no, according no. to the rankings, I would probably say for just me personally, Heath's number one. You got to go, Jack number two. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to go probably Leto number three, and I'm just not a big fan. I probably lose some listeners. I don't. I, I, I feel bad, <laughs> man, but I'm not a big fan of the '66. It's just oh, too silly. Caesar, Caesar it's, Romero. It's, it's too, Caesar Romero. Yeah, you didn't like the mustache just, or, <laughs> the, that they just cover with uh, uh, makeup. You know, put some white powder on it and all. Now, now, look, see, you're 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 leaving out like the most important comparison. <laughs> oh, you got me. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so where does Mark Hamill oh, stack yeah. up? Oh, yeah, he he he's the best. If we're including him just voice only, man, he yeah. uh he would probably be number 1 over Heath. I'm sorry. Mark Hamill just his is voice awesome. is perfect. Yeah. His intonation yeah. is just exactly. it's just spot on. So let me revamp that. You caught me there. Like You're doing a rebirth. It's my first. It's my first show. He got no, me. He caught me no, slipping. No, no, but, it's all good. That's but, uh, kind of a trick question because most people don't really think of the cinematic release of Mask of the Phantasm and being something that you know. Yeah, it was a counts yeah. as having the yeah. 1991 right. animated series. As a cinematic thing, but definitely his appearance in Mask of the Phantasm and the way he carried kind of the backstory of oh, that was, great. was just what superbly done. Yeah. And like you said, Mark Hamill's you know intonation, his um, demeanor, you know, just the, the way he speaks, uh, perfectly mirrored Kevin Conroy's ability to shift from being Bruce Wayne and Batman just vocally. And they're just phenomenally gifted actors. And you know, we've honestly, in my opinion, we've never seen a live-action actor, portray that transition between Bruce Wayne and Batman as seamlessly. In my opinion, I think Ben Affleck has come the closest, where I really enjoy his Bruce Wayne Mm -hmm. about as much as I do his Batman. I'll agree with that. Like, when he took down that room... In mm-hmm. Dawn of Justice, like you know, yeah, like so that. towards the climax of the film. Oh man, that was like finally we're seeing like yeah. Batman really take. I mean, you know, Christian Bale did cool like staying in the shadows mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but like just how he systematically took that yeah. room apart was and, so cool. And 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 not to sound you know, but I've been a Ben Affleck fan for many years. I like him <laughs> and all, but you know they put him in that vest in the boardroom with those beautiful colors. And he looked fucking sexy, man. <laughs> he was a great Bruce Wayne, but I love the way he paid attention to his business. Sure, you know that sure. He, you know when he important. finds out that yeah. that guy is like he wasn't getting treatment or whatever from whatever accident, he turned around and yelled at someone, and he said, "Why don't I know about this? Why didn't right. I know that this guy was returning these checks and things like this?" You know, he cared about his business and his Absolutely. company and the people that worked for him, and I thought that was an aspect that gets kind of thrown away it in does. so many of the other films, You're where right. they just make him kind of an eccentric asshole. But I think he would very much care about the legacy of the business that his parents left behind, sure, as much sure. as. You know, getting some sort of vengeance for them. I was, Very good I point. Was, that's a great point. I was going to say the same thing as Father Thomas wouldn't have done that. He was, sure. I mean, everybody loved him as much money as he had. I mean, everybody pretty much in Gotham loved him. Very mm-hmm. benevolent. Um, you know, donating all this money for parks and to make the city better. And yeah. he kind of wanted to carry on that legacy. I think that was an underrated aspect that nobody mm-hmm. really mentioned in that movie. Yeah. That scene was great. Man. He was kind of yeah, like the yeah. Walt Disney of Gotham. You no, know, it's that, like yeah. if somebody would have like <laughs> murdered Walt Disney, like you know. I don't know if Disney's kid would have dressed up like Mickey Mouse, and <laughs> you know, but but I d- I do appreciate the fact that you know, in 
the uh, Christopher Nolan films, you know, Batman Begins, they do have sort of the tie-in with the monorail that it's almost like at the end of the movie he's trying to protect the monorail, something yeah, that you know his, his parents dad. had built yeah. and meant so yeah. much to Gotham. You know, in the end he blew it the fuck up, so you're kind of like, yeah. well, how much did he really care? But it, it's hard to write that into the story, and I appreciate the time they took in the new movie to add that segment. I mean, they did so much right with Batman to me in that movie. I know a lot of people complain, oh, he shot people, you know. I will say the machine guns on the front of the Batmobile were probably excessive. I, mean, I think he shredded a van in half at one yeah, point, yeah, and you're yeah. like, that guy's probably not walking away from that. Yeah. But, you know, if they want to play it fast and loose with Batman, quote-unquote, killing people as much as not saving them, there's room for error in every one of the Batman films historically for Batman being a killer. Sure, you know, I mean, sure. It's Even, arguable how much he killed people in Batman 89. Yeah. He absolutely smiled and killed people in Batman Returns. <laughs> you know, uh, he definitely killed people in Batman Begins. He left sure. Ra's al Ghul right. in the train. Sure. So, you know, you're kind of splitting hairs. I do understand the gun aspect to, like, he wouldn't use guns and things like that. But hey, I it, think it was like he was skirting the line, maybe. But I wouldn't necessarily say, in my opinion, he crossed it. How do you both feel about that? You know, I, I would say that, yeah, him having a, a weapon to, to defeat, you know, Superman or something like that, that kind of ties back to, you know, just those classic stories. I, I wasn't too, you know, too affected by that. But when you saw that in the preview, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. kind of like worried me. Like, yeah. I was like, well, what is he doing with a freaking gun? When, when they showed him with that 1911, yeah. you know, and he's just in the in the cloak in the desert, you're like, what the hell is going on? But when you see it in the film, not a spoiler alert, so turn on your radio, yeah. but it's a dream sequence that sure. he's having. Is, yeah. And you're like, okay, well, that makes sense. That would be a nightmare for him to have to use a gun. I mean, that's kind of the nightmare he lives in Batman Beyond. You know, why he puts sure, away the bat suit sure. and everything like that. So, um, but again, how do you feel, DC Eric, about that? I, I think part of it is okay just because he's, you know, the Dark Knight and he's tough on crime. I think I'd draw the line if I see him like a Frank Castle and just start blowing people up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. if you throw a guy off a roof or, or whatnot, I, I don't have too much of a problem. I can see why people get upset, but to mm -hmm. me, that would be okay. Like I said, as long as they kind of cool it on the guns. Maybe guns yeah. on the bat would be okay. Well, I, I know the um, there, there was a huge debate when Kevin Smith wrote the famous book, The Widening Guyer. Sure. And it, it, you know, when he wrote the famous book, Cacophony, that had the Joker get stabbed in the heart at the end mm -hmm. and Batman went above and beyond to rush him to the hospital and make sure that he was treated and would survive the attack. Sure. And Batman's talking to him at the end. And, it, and it, it was kind of an emotional thing of like, you know, Batman will do anything to save this guy. But the scene that got me was, you know, and, and what caused so much debate was right before that, Commissioner Gordon's like, let him die. Like, all he did to my daughter, to Barbara, right. to everything, like, you don't have to try to save him. And trying to balance that comic book aspect with what we see in films seems like films are definitely like, no, let that bastard <laughs> die. Fuck him, you know? yeah. Well, that's really funny that you mentioned that, man, because I remember in Hush, it was almost like the reverse. Like, mm -hmm. Hush shot the Joker, and then Gordon was like, no, like, we need to, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm like, not that he forgave him, but he's like, I'm not seeping to that level. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it's, it, it's the interpretation uh, yeah. of the writers, of the writers that, right, of who's, the who's writing thing. the book. And yeah. let's be honest, I mean, there's always times where people fall on hard times, you know? Absolutely. And that actually leads us into our next musical break here we have hard times by playing with blood
and that was playing with blood with the mellow sounds of their track hard times well i gotta tell you man that definitely hit the hard in the hard times right there <laughs> no doubt that was some pretty uh hardcore stuff right there i liked it though it really gets the blood pumping and right in the middle of the show like this it's good to get a little hit of energy so we can keep on rocking actually actually you know maybe they should put some music like that in the next dc film and then, like you know imagine like those fight scenes during that one what do you think of that yeah uh, man DC? batman punching the crap out of somebody <laughs> <laughs> it would just dun -dun, be dun -dun, dun -dun. it would just yeah. be like batman punching someone's head like a speed bag <laughs> <laughs> now I, I mean i wonder what kind of music batman listens to in the batmobile that's that's a damn good question <laughs> i i even thought about it for a second i came back with nothing, <laughs> nothing. I don't know, just because he's uh he has money and he was raised you know upper crust maybe some smooth jazz like some serious smooth jazz kind of an easy listening kind I of know, I didn't, or classical i should say well, but he's got to get in the zone if he's in that's the batmobile true. he's going to go do some no, shit good point yeah so he's he's he, it's you know what it is it's probably some like really uh That, we'll that, put that, a link I, up to it on the Facebook page. Yeah, Do you well, remember the guy's name? Oh man, I forgot. It's something Bat, like something Bat Returns or something. Like, I, I know it's like the heavy metal Bat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah, we'll look funny. it up and we'll post it on our page. So keep keep an eye out the Power Hour of Love on the Facebook, man. Yeah. And you got you guys will all get a chance to check that out. But if you're looking to check something out locally or in the surrounding South Florida beautiful regions, well, you're in luck because you're going to find out where you can do that right now in our events section. Absolutely, man. And, you know, here on uh, Podunk Radio, you know, one of the favorite musical genres to play is punk rock. And I got to tell you guys that, you know, this upcoming weekend, you guys are going to have a, a full blast hardcore punk rock weekend starting off on Friday, uh, February 24th. We've got Agent Orange, Guttermouth, The Queers and more down at Propaganda down in Lake Worth. That's going to run uh, $25 at the door. The start time is 8 p.m., and it is a 21 and over show. Ooh, so that sounds like a heck of a rocking good time. But I seem to have heard, didn't Guttermouth have a little bad news this week? Oh, man, yeah. Unfortunately, they, uh, they, their van was broken into, I believe, what? in Arizona. And yeah, they. Those they, damn Arizonians. <laughs> exactly. Breaking the Sun bad. Devils, man. Yeah, you know, we were just talking about Breaking Bad earlier. <laughs> you know, somebody was probably looking to sell that for some blue sky. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, unfortunately, yeah, a lot of their equipment was stolen. But there is already a, um, a GoFundMe account that I believe has raised over five thousand dollars already nice. to replace some of their stolen goods so we'll be sure to post a link to that also on the uh, facebook page but why don't you tell them about the next event that's going down the following night el bandito yeah if you don't get enough friday night then on saturday february 25th head down to the brewitarian and stewart they are having a metal night and it is absolutely free. Well, that sounds good. Yeah, that sounds like the perfect price. So <laughs> that's going to start at 8 p.m. It's going to feature Nation of Decay, Dead Between the Walls, and many more. Awesome. So we got some local metal rocking down in, uh, in Stewart. So, yeah, that, that definitely is one you're not going to want to miss. 
But, you know, if you are a little further down south and you're still feeling some hardcore in your bones, you can head on down to Churchill's, which is going to feature sick of it all. The tickets for that one is uh, $20. It starts at 9 p.m. And, uh, I mean, if you've never seen Sick of It All before, like, yeah, that's that's going to be a rough and tumble show down there with all the everyone banging around in the, in the pit and stuff. But they're, they're definitely in a high-energy act to see. They're going to make you sick of all the other weak-ass sissy shows out there. <laughs> Especially since they're coming to town with another classic uh, punk rock uh, band, Murphy's Law. So, yeah, you can go down there and see Murphy's Law and Sick of It All for only twenty dollars you can't you, you can't it. beat that guys so make sure if you're down in the miami south florida region check out the churchills absolutely well that about wraps up our events section for tonight but guess what that leaves some more time for us to sit here and spend with dc eric on uh discussing more about the dc universe yeah we're definitely running up to the wall on the, on the end of our time today but i wanted to squeeze in one last question for you before you go and i wanted to ask in your opinion as a dc expert and an aficionado what do you think is DC's best movie to date? Wow, best movie to date, man. I'm going to have to go... Uh, and feel free to pro- take your time. Think I'm, about I'm it. Gonna, I'm going to have to go the uh, the Holly Berry Catwoman. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Green Lantern. No. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm probably going to have to say... Oh, there's been a lot of good ones. Mm-hmm. Ignore the haters. There have been some good ones. But mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to have to go with um, the second Nolan movie oh the, the dark, dark night the dark night oh, i mean the yeah. writing the script um we alluded to we talked about uh ledger's performance before mm-hmm. you, you put all that together with bale's performance i think was a great batman i i would probably have to put that at number one i really would absolutely i, I think you'd be hard pressed to beat that and considering everything that went into that movie it's gonna really be something difficult to top you know and oh, a lot yeah. of people were really looking at Batman Superman or maybe this upcoming Batman movie is something that might dethrone the kind of stature that that has but I really think the iconography of that film and what it represented what it brought to the table the way it elevated superhero movies is something that really isn't even matched I mean even when they talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and it having kudos in certain areas and certain other areas it really hasn't done a dark gritty awesome super realistic hyper realistic movie that gives you chills oh yeah like we said earlier like you know, Ledger's performance as the Joker is like, it's scary in a yeah. sense because it's like, yeah. man, if some anarchist got their hands on, you know, the, the, or just the amount, it really is not even so much getting their hands on something, it's just the amount of time, mm-hmm. you know, for them to plan something crazy like that out. You know, there's sick minds out there. Like he says in the movie, some people just want to see the world Watch burn. the world burn, right? Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah, as a testament to just the how scary the character actually was, um, most famously, I'm sure you guys both know, but maybe some of our fans haven't heard, the Joker's first appearance at the party at Bruce Wayne's house. He steps out of the elevator, and you know Michael Caine is standing there as Alfred, and the Joker walks out of the elevator right past him. And you'll see Michael Caine has this kind of shocked look on his face. like He's like, who's this Joker coming here? <laughs> but a lot of people don't realize he actually had a scripted line that he was supposed to say to Heath Ledger when he walked off of the elevator. But Michael Caine, the actor, told in an interview that he was literally so shocked by Heath Ledger's appearance, having met him as this nice young man. And then that was the first time he ever saw him in makeup, that he was speechless. Wow. That's pretty pretty, pretty amazing. pretty powerful to get such an established actor like Michael Caine to say that. That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because he definitely goes back with all his, you know, stage work and everything like that. And to throw someone of that caliber off their game 
Uh, it's pretty impressive. But hey, it's why you know Heath Ledger, you know, earned his Academy Award and everything like sure. that. So fantastic film. I, I I will totally agree with that sentiment, and I think you're hitting the nail right on the head. And you know, we'll. I look forward to seeing someone try to meet that challenge. Not to mention the chemistry between you know Bale and and Ledger, amazing. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Very cool. But very all cool. right, well, bonus question, real quick then, <sighs> because that was almost a give me answer, and I should I should have realized that that nothing's really going to top a Academy Award winning movie of that caliber. That's so awesome. But okay, taking the Christopher Nolan movies off the table, right? No begins. No Dark Knight Rises, which wouldn't make it anyways. <laughs> what's the best DC Universe movie? I'm going to probably go with the original 78, I believe, Superman with Christopher Reeve. Okay. Gotcha. What, yeah. what is it that makes that such a great movie to you? I think the way just he portrayed the character. I think he just he is Superman to me, kind of like mm-hmm. you know the way uh, we talked about before, about um, Mark Hamill being the Joker or yes. Heath Ledger maybe being the Joker to me. And no, no slide against Cavill. I really like Cavill too. I really dig mm-hmm. his movies and his character. But I think Christopher Reeve is the gold standard for Superman. I, I really do. I think the script was on point. I really think that if I had to choose one, it'd probably be Superman uh, one. I guess seventy eight Superman. Sure, Superman. the original. Very cool. Yeah, that's that's a throwback. So for for a lot of you people out there, our younger listeners and all who haven't seen it, go and search this movie out. I'm sure it's on the web. I'm sure you can stream it somewhere. So go and check out this classic movie. It really is iconic. It's what kind of set the stage for yeah. superhero movies for years and years to come. Because the only thing we had before that was the super campy like Batman sixty six, yeah. which was <laughs> made to be like a camp fest. Sure, and. It would be a decade before they made any more serious superhero movies. Yep. So it really did like set the stage for something that took another 30 years. It really established the genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took another 30 years to grow into what it's become. So we're all lucky, you know, because sure. all of you people out there never had to suffer what any of the three of us did, which is, you know, go to school and say, I like Superman and get beat up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like now it's cool to like Superman. Right. So have fun with that. At least I haven't had to live through a Batman and Robin, right? <laughs> <laughs> is that a knock on me because I'm wearing my Robin shirt? Uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I think that's just about enough DC talk for tonight. We're all pretty much sick of it. I'm sure you guys are all sick of it, so we're going to jump into another musical break with Sick of It All and their track, Step Down. Step Down! Come on! Yeah! 
you so much. And that was Sick of It All with Step Down. Yeah, I got to tell you, if you guys want to hear that one live, just like that track was, head on down to Churchill's this weekend for a rocking time. Well, you know, we've come to the end of the show, so we want to once again thank you, DC Eric, for coming on down to the to the studio with us tonight and uh, having a blast. No problem, man. It's really been a pleasure, gentlemen. I really appreciate it. Get to spread my love for DC, and like <laughs> I said, I appreciate appreciate you having me on. And any other show you want me to have on, I'll I'll, I'll definitely be there. Absolutely. Well, yeah, we super appreciate it. It's definitely fun to get to talk to other people that are passionate about what you like. And when it comes to love, passion goes hand in hand. So having that passion and love for something and sharing that with us and then spreading it with all these beautiful people out there is exactly what we're all about. So thank you so much for coming in and sharing your love and passions with us. And we hope that satiated some of the beautiful peoples out there while we're waiting for all these new and exciting DC Universe movies and comic books to come out. Absolutely. And, you know, why don't you guys give us a call and tell us what you think about the DC Universe at 1-844-944-LOVE. Or you can hit us up on our Facebook page at any time. We're at the Power Hour of Love or hit us up at thepowerhouroflove at gmail.com. We want to hear from all of you beautiful people. But until then, I think you and I are destined to do this forever. Yeah. Things were going so great, but what happened? Something must have happened. It's not you, it's me. Uh, listen, I was thinking we should break up or whatever. I am breaking up with you. Consider that a divorce. 